What do we do? A podcast discussing wealth management and financial planning. Hosted by the founder and CEO of Great Lakes Wealth, Dewey Steffen. Alongside radio personality, Kyle Bogey. All right. Well, the What Do We Do podcast, episode 22. And, and I don't know if you guys can tell, I'm not Kyle Bogey in terms of uh, my, my voice right now. But Dewey, what's up, man? Hey. Mike Sullivan, Dewey Stephan, Mike how are you? Sullivan, it's good to see you and hear your voice. I know it's uh, Halloween week here at Great Lakes Wealth, so I thought maybe Kyle Bogey dressed up in a Mike Sullivan costume. <laughs> I don't know if he could look that good. I right? mean, voice and all. Like, no uh, no way. This might be Kyle Bogey. I don't know. But anyway, Mike, we're Absolutely. glad to have you here. Well, I feel or do you know i would step out of the control room to uh, actually join you on an episode for once you know i do know because today's episode is on your favorite topic yeah except for golf i mean investment related <laughs> this is your favorite topic right so we're excited to talk about options today yes. and so um, i'm glad that you were able to push bogey out of his chair I had to kick him out yeah and uh, it's gonna be me and you and a special guest today here in a few minutes so uh let's get it going looking forward to that dewey absolutely and and i think that you know as you said, I, as someone who's 27, you know, I've gotten into options recently. I'm not going to be anywhere near as, a, as an expert as the guests we're about to have on, but I certainly enjoy it. And I thought that, uh, you know, I appreciate you having me on for, for this episode, be able to join the, the What Do We Do podcast to talk about this. I do think that this is a topic that is really uh, informative for a lot of people to hear and listen to, because I do think a lot of people in terms of just the average average American, average investor out there don't really know a ton about options trading. No, it's a complicated subject. Our guest today will be able to you know make it, take the complicated and turn it simple, I think by and large during this podcast. But also, again, it's Halloween week. And so options, many think are scary, scary, right? And so this is, we did this on purpose because options can be scary for sure. If you don't know what you're doing or why you're doing what you're doing, right? But options can also be, um, extremely safe and, uh, let you sleep at night. Right. So it really depends on what you're uh, doing. So yes. Are options a trick or a treat? Be the, the best question. I like but, that. Uh, Dewey, before we, we get to our guest here, any other, speaking of treats, any other treats or nuggets you had to go over in terms of uh, information, or, or are you good to uh, to really dive in here? I think we're going to start by just figuring where Halloween came from to start. Okay. Great. So Halloween is believed to be a word originated in Scotland in the early 1700s. Halloween is supposedly derived from the term Holy Eve, okay? Uh, the name of the day before the November 1st Celtic New Year. Little history for you here at the Great Lakes Wealth. What do we do, okay? All right, Sully. So, so Wall Street also has its own share of scary words. Trick or treat, for sure. Options, doesn't sound very scary. They certainly might be. But have you heard of anything called a graveyard market? Have you I heard would of assume it? that means a market that's uh, that's that's dead, that's flat. That's it refers to bear markets. Of life. Well, sort of. So it refers to bear, sure, markets bear market in which investors can't sell their holdings without suffering large losses, while other investors, wary of the bear market, decide not to invest at all. Mm -hmm. Right? Graveyard market keeps you away if you're not in, and if you're in, you're not going to do anything. Will you be dressing as a uh, skeleton for Halloween? This I'm going to dress up as a big orange pumpkin. I started today with an orange <laughs> shirt that says Great Lakes. 
well, but I'm going to be the great pumpkin Charlie Brown. What was your favorite costume as a kid? Any stick out that you, that you dressed up as or what? Well, it was as actually as an adult. You know, Bogey, it's, are you sure you're not Bogey dressed in, in costume? No, but I don't think Bogey can look quite as good as Kyle I Kyle right? asked me this a few weeks ago, right? And I told him that I normally don't dress up and do these things, but I actually have two when I thought about it. One was when I was about his age when he was saying he went uh, dressed up as a uh, 50s character, and then he said he went and uh, he also made his own costume of, I think it was Pluto? Goofy. He started his own costume, made up as Goofy. Well, I had this grandiose idea in my early 20s to dress up as a hula dancer. Do you believe I'm saying this on the airwaves Where's right a now? photo of that? Do you can know what po- I mean? Can we post that on the, on the Great listen, Lakes Wealth social I'm media I'm telling you, I had a grass skirt. I had these, <laughs> um, these coconuts, if you will. And uh, I again, I don't think there's a photo, and I sure hope not. But that was, uh, that was a costume that I certainly will never forget, nor will my... Uh, my friends of uh, of those times. If that photo surfaces, you better believe that it'll be posted on the Great Lakes Wealth and what do we do social media channels. So well, make sure you're following I'm, Again, that. if you can't but, have a little fun on Halloween, I mean, what the heck's the point, right? But Dewey, to, to kind of wrap up this discussion before we, we of course, get into the options, um, we talked about a graveyard market. We talked about some fun with Halloween. I do have one comment, too, real quick, from a, from a investment in the stock market standpoint. I've always kind of viewed, we, we talked in prior episodes as how some investing and how some consumer behaviors can change going into the holidays, going into Thanksgiving and Christmas time and Q4, of course. Mm-hmm. That kind of is a signal as well right now. We're, we're entering November. We're entering that holiday time after Halloween, you know. And I think that that's based on prior episodes as well, just fascinating to talk about from a, a planning standpoint and a wrapping up the year type thing too. Absolutely. This year has been a little different, too, because right. it might be back and loaded because of all the dis, uh, disconnect with COVID-19. Even um, just a week ago was, or two weeks ago, actually, was the Amazon Prime Day. Right. They had to do two days, and they did it much later than they normally would, right? So whether the uh, the buying season this year is going to be all uh, online versus going to the malls or what percentage is now you know shipped versus um, people shopping, it's going to have um, you know interesting um, data points, and it's going to be very interesting to see you know, what happens at the end of the year through the holiday season for sure. Dewey, I don't know what's, uh, what's scarier as I'm thinking about it. You dressed up as a hula dancer or uh, you talking about a graveyard market? You know? Well, yeah, so I'm going to give you a few others. So there's, we're going to go fast, but I think we'll have a little bit fun before we dive into options for sure. So another um, Wall Street term is tombstone, and I'm not talking pizza. Okay, are you familiar with tombstone and investing? Tombstone and investing. No, I'm not. Okay. Well, a tombstone is actually something positive. A tombstone is what is uh, a written advertisement about a uh, public offering coming up okay. by an investment Got bank, it. right? A tombstone offering sure. is the document that they come up with. Um, there's also something called a dead cat bounce. Have you heard of this thing called a dead cat I've bounce? I've heard of a de- dead cat bounce, but please. Yeah. No one at home, please try this uh, with a living or dead cat, please. <laughs> um, but a dead cat bounce is a Wall Street term to um, just show that a... Uh, Stock that has dropped right. precipitously might have a little bounce back up. Again, a dead cat bounce hits the bottom, bounces back up just a little, and then here we are just flat on the floor, right? So dead cat bounce, fantastic. One of my favorites are called zombie companies or zombie stocks. Have mm. you heard of these? Uh, zombie meaning what? Zombie stocks or zombie companies are companies that are insolvent yet continue to trade at a premium to whatever their value is. They're not worth anything, yet they trade mm. and they continue 
continue on down the path. We actually had an increase in uh, what are termed zombie companies this year because the Federal Reserve, by um, uh, lowering interest rates and the liquidity out there, a lot of companies that may technically be insolvent were able to get lines of credit and loans. And so um, it's made an extra uh, level of investigation, if you will, from um, our side of the table when we're looking at companies. But zombie companies certainly exist. A few others would be uh, voodoo accounting. It's when a company uses some highly suspicious accounting methods to disguise what's really going on in the business. Which never happens, I'm sure. Right, never happens on Wall Street. Are you kidding me? For sure. Um, Another one is called a death play, which is a strategy of buying or short selling a stock with the expectation that the move will prove lucrative should the company executive die. How crazy is that to trade a stock based upon what might happen to an executive of the company, right? That is. Wall Street. There you go. Um, The last one, and this is going to be a great segue over to our special guest. Great. Okay, is called witching. Have you heard of witching before? The witching hour. The witching hour. Well, in Wall Street, we call it double witching, maybe triple witching, okay? And these are actually um, terms dealing with options, okay? So why don't we bring in our special guest, and he can start off by saying hello and a big scary booyah to ya. (laughs) But with that, he'll talk about the triple witching and then go into everything else from there, okay? Let's do that right now. And of course, you can uh, can see Dewey and his entire team and, and all that that you the great work that you guys do greatlakeswealth.us you can also see a profile of this man that's joining us on there right now that would be senior wealth advisor Bruce, Bruce Palin. Palin in the Bruce, house everybody hey, blow the great. trumpets yeah. Bruce, oh, this is going to be fun i can tell now Bruce we uh, obviously we've talked in the hallways before and, and we've uh, done some stuff together but great to see you and and thank you for coming on are you uh, an avid listener of the what do we do podcast I have listened to all of them several times Good and now uh, you're a part of it so so please I mean Dewey I know we're excited to have Bruce on here and um you know one thing I guess Bruce would just be perfect to start with is to tell the people you know certainly your position here and and what what you do in regards to options before we we dive into I know some of the stuff that you want to go over well I got to tell you about triple witching please first go ahead yeah okay so four times a year there's something called the triple witching hour and that's when stock options index options and futures contracts all expire at the same time and when it first came out, this triple witching hour, there was a lot of orders that would get poured into the system all at once. And the volatility was tremendous. And it would scare the heck I out bet. of everybody. So that's how the idea of, geez, the witching hour is coming up. This is scary. Well, over the years, with technology and some rule changes, it's not really as scary as it used to be. They kind of even it out. So you really don't hear that term as often. You still hear it, but it doesn't swing the markets like they used to mm. in the past. Is that something where, you know, I think a lot of people talk about, hey, the expiration at the end of the month or, or a weekly or whatever it is. So that's basically just ex- you're, you're, what you're referring to with the witching is just extreme volatility with when those options are about to expire. Absolutely, yes. That and and because they all there's huge positions on these with uh, mutual funds, with uh, hedge funds, with a lot of different investors in many different ways. And when they're all trying to settle these contracts within a few minutes, all at one time, it was chaos. Mm-hmm. And so they had to make the rules changes. 
and they had to make a few other changes also. But that happens four times four a year. Four times a year. Yep, March, June, September, December, always on the third Friday. Now, Bruce, one thing that, that I was talking to Dewey about before, too, is is on a on a big picture, on a general level, you know, if you could kind of fill our audience in and talk to the people about options on, on, a, on a large level. What I mean by that is I think a lot of people might not be familiar with a call, a put, um, a, the, the fact that there's a hundred shares, you know, in terms of a contract. Could you just kind of 30,000 foot view tell someone what options trading is? I'm going to even make it more simple than that, Sully. Uh, but first, I want to let you know that I've been in the business for 30 years and I've been doing options for over 30 years. And I'm really happy to be here at Great Lakes Wealth, where, of course, you know, we, uh, we have Wall Street solutions with Main Street values. But before I get into the topic of the day, I need to emphasize that we all need a plan. And a sound financial plan begins with getting with a trained professional in financial planning. And they're going to create uh, a plan for you that best addresses your unique circumstances. Now, the options portfolios that I use are, for the most part, used in varying degrees, depending on a client's sophistication and their objectives. Realistically, an effective options portfolio, like the one I'm going to talk about today, is a complement to an already sound financial plan. To fully be able to properly diversify the type of account I'm going to discuss, uh, minimum account size would really need to about be about two hundred and fifty thousand and up. It's a pretty good size account. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, some of these tactics can also be used in a limited way in some smaller accounts, like uh, well, IRAs are a good example, but only in a limited way. Okay. Um, have you heard of a guy Warren Buffett? Yeah. We've talked about him a few yeah, times okay. on this yeah. show. Well, you know. Sully's in the control room, but I know he's listening when of we and okay. Bogey well, and I talk about Dewey it. Dewey has plenty. I think Dewey you know, reads anything that Warren Buffett ever says and then finds a quote from it uh, for, yeah, for he, every he's, episode. He's got a lot of good ones, too. Yeah. Well, you know, he uses these also, by the way. Mm. Uh, but I'll get more into that a little, little bit more in, in a bit. Uh, stock options, they really have uh, many more uses than what most investors really realize. Uh, when the options market uh, was created back in the 70s, that's uh, 1970s, mm -hmm. a majority of the participants back then were, were really seasoned market professionals, and they didn't really fully understand how best to use them at all. So consequently, a majority of these guys, they lost money in the options market, acquired a reputation as a, a risky casino-like marketplace. Well, I'm proud to say that my clients consistently make money in the options market by using them in a conservative tactical approach. Mm -hmm. Okay, so although uh, options can be really great vehicles for significant short-term fast money trading, that is not going to be the focus of this uh, podcast today. So, uh, Sully, what's, what's Warren Buffett's number one rule? Warren Buffett's number one rule. Should I know this, Dewey? Is we this have you... not said it on oh, the podcast really? yet. Oh, we I think, well, just from what I know about Warren Buffett, I think that, that his, his number one rule is only invest in companies that you believe in. I mean, he's always well, said that as a consumer, uh, okay. he would have he would um, what should only put his money behind a company he knows and believes in. Well, that, well, that's part of it. But his real number one rule is 
Don't lose money. And and rule number <laughs> two sure. is kind of simple. Rule number two: make money. Rule number two. Can I answer that one? I love it. Go ahead. I yeah, had this. Go ahead. yeah. Rule number two: don't forget rule number one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Makes is that sense. right? It's very simple. Correct. That's yes. It. Very good. That's okay. Right. So the objectives of the portfolio is that that I'm that I use is high current income, while building a quality portfolio with growth, and a higher level of safety than just buying everything at the market and what i really like about this 100 percent liquidity mm-hmm. okay now i, I actually I, I know you talked about the uh, the market in other segments dewey but do you remember there was a time it was called the lost decade i heard about the lost the decade. lost decade actually occurred from approximately the year 2000 to 2010 mm. And that was like the only 10-year period in which the market had not actually gone up. Because of 08, obviously. Well, there, there was a lot of reasons, but yes, that was right in, in the middle of it, yeah. And so now in today's market where we got this extremely low interest rates, so people are there going, oh, my God, I want to buy uh, bonds. I don't get any yield. And the earnings are good. Uh, so, geez, how can I make money here? I don't necessarily want to pay up uh, for stocks right now they're right near the highs okay so again the objective high current income growth liquidity and so what is an option well uh the definition of an option and i'm not going to go into the details of puts and calls but an option is the right to either buy or sell 100 shares of an underlying stock 100 shares of an underlying stock and so just leave it at that, and we'll, we'll leave the other terms for maybe another day. But uh, that's how we're going to start things right now with just that thought. Great. Okay, so the concept number one, and, and this isn't much really a concept. These are actual numbers that I took off of my screen uh, right before the market closed, as a matter of fact. So uh, we're going to use uh, Apple as our feature stock today, and... Let's say we let's say we buy this quality blue chip stock and we buy 100 shares and at one point today it was at 120. So if I buy 100 shares at 120 what do I need? 12 grand. 12,000, yeah. right. Okay, now let's just say we looked out 2 months from now and we say, you know what? Remember this is an option income portfolio. We're looking for income. Apple's yield uh, with their dividend is less than one percent, kind of anemic. But anyway, so let's let's just look out two months to December, and we agree to sell our our stock that we bought at one twenty at say one thirty five. Okay, that's just in two months. Okay, this is what's known as selling a covered call, mm-hmm. and for that promise to sell our stock, someone's going to actually pay us two hundred bucks. Okay, so. Well, if we make uh, two hundred dollars and and on our twelve thousand for two months, uh, good at math. Okay, that let's just say the stock goes nowhere in two months. The stock is still at one twenty. It didn't go to one thirty five. We made from the option one point six six percent. All right. Now wait a minute. That's for a two month period. What if we go s- six months or, or we have six two-month periods in a year okay so we have to annualize that rate of return 
So if we buy Apple at 120 and it just stays there and we every two months we sell these options, we're going to make 200 times six periods, $1,200. $1,200 on 12000 is... 10%. 10%. And 10%. to be clear, you're talking about if it, like you said, if it doesn't go up at all. If right? it doesn't go so up at all. you're saying if it stays even, a tie, yeah. a tie is a win in sports, in, you know, certain sports terms. We don't right? like ties. It would. Okay. If it just stays flat, you really win, though. Remember the lost decade here, okay? What if yep. things go into the lost decade? Right. What, if a, what if Apple goes into a lost decade? We're still knocking down 10% a year yeah. on it. Right. Hey, okay? Bruce, I heard that in the lost decade, March of 29, 2009, I heard the S&P went down to 666. That's scary. That's scary. Am I right or am I wrong? Oh. That is a fact, Dewey. Yep. Okay, so let's carry on with this example. Uh, Okay, so we just bought the stock at 120. We paid 12 grand for it, uh, 100 shares. And let's say the stock did go to that 135 mark or higher, we promised to sell it at 135. And if that did in fact happen, our rate of return for just that two month period would be 14.6%. Mm. Not bad income, that's a net, sure. that's, not, that's not annualized. That's a net return if the stock did in fact go up. Now, if realistically you thought you're gonna buy Apple and it's gonna double, you don't sell these options, you just buy the stock and sit yep. on it. Okay, so if I had to annualize that, that'd be a monster return. It'd be like 85% a year. Okay, just so you know. Now, the stock goes down. Wait a minute, what? I just paid 120 a share, 12000 bucks, and what if it goes down $10? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, you see, it, you're still going to lose some money here, but we hedged it, and instead of losing 1000 bucks, we only, we're only down 800 mm-hmm. Okay, so... It works as a hedge also. Okay, and and uh, let's see here. Uh, hey, Bruce, is there a yeah. name for the strategy that you're walking us through right well, now? Yeah, I mentioned earlier, it's selling a covered call. Okay. So it, yeah. it, that's hedging, a.k.a. selling a covered call is a form of hedging. Absolutely is, yes. Yeah. So uh, in all of these strategies that I use for clients, uh, we always sell options. Mm-hmm. We do not buy options. Uh, buying options is uh, is kind of like uh, kind of like walking into the front door of a casino Gambling. and and uh, who makes money at the casino every day? The house. The, the, the house. Yes. That that right so, there though, I, I think that, that what you're saying right there, the fact that you're hedging it and selling the covered calls is important to note because a lot of people I think you know do have that mindset about options that they can be very risky right that they can be like gambling like uh you know just just uh sports betting if you will so what bruce is talking about too is is you're not just buying an option and hoping that it goes up and if it doesn't you're screwed but you're also selling selling covered calls against it as well to make sure that you're not just betting we want income here and so this gives us income on day one Mm mm-hmm which is really important. We like income on day. We like income all the time, but getting it on day one up front, better yet. Yeah. Okay. So buy the stock, promise to sell it if it goes up, take money in to promise if it sells, if it goes up. Okay. Now, concept number two. Again, real numbers from today. Many people have done this. We don't own Apple right now. We're really concerned that the market is kind of high. 
So we say, you know, there's a lot of volatility here. Apple topped out at 137, 138 not too long ago. Now it's at uh, around 120. Well, okay, I'll, I'll promise to buy it if it goes down to 100 again. So if I got to buy 100 shares at 100 bucks a share, mm-hmm. $100, $100, $100 a share, we need how much? 10 grand. 10 grand. All right, good. Okay, so now we're going to agree to buy it. So I have to put 10 grand in my account. Yep. Now, if I promise to buy that stock if it goes down in just two months, December again, someone is willing to pay me $200. Okay. Wow. Uh, they're going to pay us $200, and all we have to do is promise to buy the stock if it goes down to 100 mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's carry this thing out. We got 10 grand account. We just did 200 And what's that rate of return for two months? 200 on 10, that's 2% for two months. I can do that six times a year. So if I never buy Apple at 100 and this goes on and on, in the course of a year, two times six. Twelve. Twelve percent. Twelve percent rate of return. I never bought anything. I, my, one of my favorite stocks I'd love to buy, I never bought it, but I made 12% on it anyway. From the con, from the option, right. By sell, And now this is what we call selling or writing a put option. Okay. So wait a minute. Okay, let's, let's, let's go back here. First time we bought a stock and promised to sell if it goes up. Now we don't own a stock and we only promise to buy it if it goes down. Uh, and we get paid for both. Okay. No, I think that's great too. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't realize how exactly that works with a premium and just with, with how the options contracts are. It's it's it is far more complex than just buying a stock, you know. And and that's why it's as you said, you know, important to to, to build into a portfolio because it's where your guy's expertise comes in, where, where a lot of uh, people might not have a, a true grasp on, on how to do something like that. Yeah, and you know, they always say, well, when a stock drops 20% or more, it's in a bear market. Mm-hmm. Well, in the case of Apple, since it topped out at around 138, and if we promise to buy it at 100, that's right. a 20% decrease from its high. So we're buying it in, at, you know, buy low. Okay. Like Is that the it. same thing? You know, I think that the average term, and, and maybe you can explain this if it's totally different, but the average term that you hear, whether it's on TV or when people are talking, is, is when they say, hey, we're going to short the stock. We're going to expect it to go down. <clears throat> when, when someone says, I'm shorting the stock, is that essentially a simple way of saying we're going we're gonna, to you know, do put options on that? Well, in that case, you'd actually buy put options. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, we're not, we don't buy any options. In my strategy for clients, Okay. Yep. Yes, it can be done, but uh, no, I'm only promising. That if you think Apple's going to go from 120 to 110, there are other ways to do that with options, or you can just short the stock. You sell it and you don't own it, and then you buy it back at a lower price right. and return it to the original owner. So, so the that's, that's a short. Sell, yeah, the Selling puts versus buying puts, essentially. Well, yes, but at Somewhat. the same time, if you wanted to short a stock, you could actually just sell the stock. You could actually – you don't have to use options uh, to do that. Again, the option market allows you to control 100 shares mm-hmm. with one contract, right? Sure. So um, you can play the short side or the long side, but as Bruce has said so far, it's more of an income-generating strategy um, with what he's laid out. Options, as well as the um, naked options, if you will, that uh, Bruce, um, you know, 
compared to walking in the mm-hmm. front door of a casino. You also can use them the opposite as just a hedge, right? So he described income generating strategies, if you will. But you can also use options to hedge your position. And by, again, the leverage of the 100 shares, you can um, either insure or um, just insulate. Now, I know everyone's different, obviously. But when do you – when do you – and the what do we do? I was going to say, when do you do? That's uh, a different <laughs> podcast. When do you generally recommend or advise someone to have some option, you know, options within their portfolio? Because again, I realize everyone's different, but is that considered just a, uh, you know, a, a sliver of of what of what most people should have? Meaning, should the average investor, or certainly should your average client, have some sort of options within their profile, or is that uh, just really on a case by case, person by person type thing? Bruce, I'll let you go ahead and answer that one. Okay, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, it depends on someone's uh, experience, sophistication, and what their objectives are. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, again, you start with a good financial plan. You start with good, solid stuff that you're not going to touch at all. You're just keeping it there for the long haul. But again, in today's market, I deal with a lot of people that are seniors. They're retired. They want income now. They don't have time for long-term stuff. They mm-hmm. need the money right now. They want to golf today, not 10 years from now, okay? Right. So uh, this is the whole idea behind So all that stuff that you mentioned there, we kind of got away from what I was focusing on because it's an option income portfolio. I'm looking for current income now. Remember, we bought apple we agreed to sell it if it went up and if it didn't go up we were going to make a great return right 10 percent. oh we didn't even own it but if it went down we agreed to buy it if it go down right okay but but what if it doesn't go down we still make 12 percent on it yeah wow not bad okay win-win so okay that was concept one and two concept number three we combine concept one and two what do you think that's called a combination. All right. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we do these combinations, and in a portfolio, we like to use anywhere realistically 15 to maybe 35 stocks on the high end. Okay. So we're doing the same thing we did with Apple, except we're doing it with a lot of different stocks. Okay. Then, okay. So when you do that, now you've got a really good portfolio. We're using all. Pretty much S&P 500 stocks, a lot of Dow stocks. Yep. Okay, so let me summarize what we've talked about here. We've agreed to buy stocks low. We've agreed to sell stocks high. What a concept. (laughs) Uh, If we do neither of those, we make a great rate of return. Okay? Now, back to our objectives. Do you recall what the objectives were? Warren Buffett said it best, right? Those are the objectives, to uh, never lose money and to never forget rule one. You got it. Well, yep, yep, yep. Well, And yeah, was... a simple way to put it. <laughs> and let me also mention that prior to uh, trading for free or for you know close to nothing, you couldn't really involve yourself in Bruce's third strategy anyway. When you're buying option contracts in 30 to 35 names, right, there's a transaction cost, right? Mm-hmm. So whether it was in prior years just paying commissions for stocks. There were certainly um, commissions for options trades per contract, et cetera. So with what's happened in the last you know, 12 to 24 months, it's actually made it way more efficient to uh, transact in multiple options strategies if you're following along. Uh, the cost 
was somewhat prohibitive before, you'd have to be using enough dollars to justify the what you're paying in the commissions to the brokers. But this day and age, um, again, it's especially here at Great Lakes Wealth through who we uh, use as our custodian, um, it's very close to well, a zero uh, tra- uh, cost transaction. And I think even with, with options and the fact that it is 100 shares and within these contracts, it does provide a high ceiling you know what i mean if it does provide a very high ceiling as opposed to just uh you know trading a, tr- a stock traditionally like people people do and and i think that you know dewey we've talked about this before too with the robin hood type investor nowadays with how many people are now on their smartphones trading options every single day day trading options every single day which can be more betting at times certainly what bruce is doing is a hell of a lot more complex than that but um you know, Dewey, I think you'd agree that we see a lot of the Robin Hood type investor that is trading options perhaps, you know, more than more than they ever been traded. Well, this year twenty twenty has been the most um uh, the most volume in options in the options markets, right? Bruce and I have talked about which is this. very believable, with, right? With, with everything with Robinhood and those smartphone type well, uh, traders, it'll be bigger next year too, yeah. right? And so again, with a Bruce or someone who's you know really paying attention to those uh, markets and those levels on a daily basis, um, you can understand if there's a lot of contracts being uh, transacted at a certain strike, um, which yeah. is again a different terminology, but. Um, there are novice investors that, again, just wanted to find an outlet for their gambling. And, again, it is. <laughs> right. Especially just, when sports went away. During, I mean, that was... There's no... There's Again, Bogey yeah. has mentioned this, that he knows several people that, that again, they've uh, just wanted... Well, look wanted... at... Even, even when, you know, when COVID happened and sports got canceled, one of the biggest stories was at Barstool Sports, which you guys are familiar with, is a huge, you know, sports media, new age type company. And Dave Portnoy, their uh, CEO and president, literally, instead of... Instead of you know betting on sports every single day started trading options every single day and and just playing the stock market every day and it was totally gambling and betting totally different than what what uh the advanced strategy that that bruce is obviously talking about and going to wrap up with here as well that's right uh so he was walking into the front door of the casino (laughs) and we were very glad to watch him pull the lever on all those machines (laughs) so our objectives just to remind you we're high current income uh Good and to build a portfolio, a quality portfolio. So there's some growth there. High level of safety uh, than just buying at the market. And again, 100% liquidity. You can get out at any time. You're not stuck. And so we met all those objectives with what we talked about and and uh, buying low, selling high. And uh, so. Uh, it did accomplish, it does accomplish our Jeff, uh, objectives. So realistically, it is not really a get-rich-quick scheme sure. by any means. We're not, oh, we're not going to double our money in two months. That's going to the casino, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, okay, now, the something you got to watch out for, it can limit your upside, mm-hmm. but it can also very much limit your downside. Right. So... Uh, I could go on and on, and there is so much more to the strategy that that involves uh, when I manage portfolios using stop losses on the stocks that I own, uh, techniques called rolling up and down positions, and then some tactical buys and sells, because this is an option income portfolio, that are based on the ex-dividend dates of when the stocks are actually paying their dividends. So all of these are important in maximizing the returns. Again, staying 100% liquid um, and 
there is more than just what I uh, mentioned here. And for the sophisticated investor, it actually keeps getting better. Remember, hope is not a strategy. Just show me the money. <laughs> Excellent. And don't forget rule number one, right? Yeah. Love that. And, and Bruce, obviously, well, we certainly appreciate you coming on. And, and you know, I, I want to just mention again. GreatLakesWealth.us. They can find all the information on, 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 you know, you guys have so many calculators on there. You have so many information about your, your portfolios and certainly a way to get in touch with Dewey, with Bruce, and, and the entire team at Great Lakes Wealth. Uh, I think something like this, just having a conversation about options, I love. And I think that, you know, I'll say this again. I think that it's, it's very informative and educational because a lot of people don't know the complexities of it like what Bruce laid out. We just wanted to get an introduction to options today. So, we, Bruce, we really appreciate you Thank coming you, in today. Uh, it was fantastic. Great fun. This is, again, just the beginning of what is a much uh, you know more detailed subject for sure. But today, We could do a whole other episode on this sometime. <laughs> well, absolutely. absolutely. Again, as we always say, we're just getting started. Okay, But along those lines, today is October 27th. So we do want to wish everyone a wonderful Halloween week as we get into Halloween this coming weekend. Yep. But the scariest day of all, maybe next Tuesday, one week from today, it is the U.S. national election. That's right. Right, November 3rd. We're going to have another special podcast that day. We're going to just be talking about different uh, Wall Street terms. We're going to be talking again in detail about things like don't catch a falling knife. Uh, have you heard of this? Mm -hmm. Right. So we're really going to kind of get into some more, um, again, terms of the, of the market. And then uh, from there, we're going to get cooking into post-election, you know, the run for the end of the year. And also, Dewey, I know you're a humble guy. I'm not letting you off the hook here, right? Because I've every seems like every single time I've flipped on the TV lately or gone on social media, I've seen your face. You've been all over the news. You've been, uh, you know, and it's, it's warranted because you've been doing something really, really cool here at Great Lakes Well. So I want you to just explain what you guys are doing in terms of your fee structure uh, and the big announcement that you guys made recently. And, and I commend you for what you're doing in terms of charity. If you could please just fill the people in here as we're wrapping up. Well, sure. Well, at Great Lakes Wealth, you know, we believe in community. Absolutely. Right. And so we announced back on October 15th that for any current clients that deposited money into their accounts from October 15th through the end of the year, as well as any new clients that come on board between October 15th and the end of the year, all of those dollars that we would charge a fee on, we're going to take half of our fee for the entire year of 2021 and donate it to charity, right? We call it our fee, your charity, helping the entire community. So the person gets to pick the charity where it goes to? Great question. Thank you for asking. We've listed four charities. Excellent. If they okay. don't want to pick so they their own. They can pick one of the four. Okay. Pick one of the four, or they can pick their own, right? But we've uh, uh, aligned ourselves with American House Foundation, Forgotten Harvest, Defender Mobility, and Beaumont Children's Hospital, the Ch Children's Miracle Network. Great. And if any of those four are not really what you would want to have as your charity, then we absolutely have an, an option where you pick your own. And we are really excited um, in this day and age, in this year of 2020 with COVID, there are absolutely the haves and the have-nots, those that can invest and take advantage of whether it's option strategies like Bruce has uh, mentioned, but there are so many people in our That's community great. that um, you know are having a tough time putting food on the table. No doubt about it. Well, you know, Dewey, we, we certainly thank Bruce for coming on today, and, and we thank you 
Dewey, for what you're doing here at Great Lakes Wealth and helping out the community. I think that's awesome. I'm going to certainly let you uh, give your famous out cue here in a minute. But, of course, everyone, make sure you visit greatlakeswealth.us and make sure that, you know, I, I know it sounds cliche, but make sure that when you check out the What Do We Do podcast, that you do hit subscribe, that you do leave a quick review, and that you do text a few of your friends and share the episode as well. It really does uh, go a long way. So another great episode here, episode 22 now of the what do we do podcast and Dewey? I'll, I'll let you finish it off. And I'm gonna ask Bruce to join us. Join us with we're just getting, getting started. started and a great big Halloween booyah to ya. The opinions expressed in this program are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It's only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risks and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional.